You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, but I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out my latest mock draft. It is the biggest one. They're my seven-rounder. It's the only seven-rounder I do. It's an exercise in trying to figure out what all of these teams are going to do over the course of three days. Again, starting on April 28th. Here, and uh, we did break down the first half of the first round. Now we're going to do the back half here, and then we will follow that. We'll split the second round in half and do that in two shows, as well as the third round. So those are the key picks, day one and day two here, to look at that could have some impact. We know that there's always a chance for some surprise uh, value there that uh, can come up at any point here. So looking at... uh, this, uh, you look at the most impactful players, however, they're taken in the first three rounds when it comes to fantasy football. So we'll break that down for you here. Uh, 17 through 32 we'll take. If you missed 1 through 16 and our couple quarterbacks coming off the board there, check it out on our previous show as well as the two top wide receivers. So we're going to have more action on that front in the passing game here in the second half of the first round. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. All right, let's uh, dive right into what what we have here at number 17. The Chargers have pretty much tied this team to this guy for a long time. It's Jordan Davis, the beefy defensive tackle out of Georgia. So the middle of that defense, he dominates. He's pretty much a run stuffer, and people have complained about that, where what else is he going to give you? Is he going to get to the quarterback? What effort are you going to get? Jordan Davis dominated a lot of games, and he's going to be a linchpin against the run, and that's what the Chargers need most here. They got Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency as well as making the deal for Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. So they're serious about filling all their defensive holes. Jordan Davis would fill a big gap there, really help their linebackers, Kenneth Murray and the like, clean up and fill against the run. This is going to be pretty big because the Chargers otherwise are a spectacular team. They could make things happen now with their pass defense. You have a good combination up front with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You have J.C. Jackson on the back end. So the Chargers should be a very impactful defensive unit and one that we look at as a pretty much regular starter in fantasy football. I think the schedule played into it a little bit to where you're going to have to worry about that as well, playing in the AFC West. But Chargers can put up some sacks and takeaways. The key is stopping the run because then you can open the door for Justin Herbert to put up big leads here, the other team going to pass mode, and that's how you get the sacks, takeaways you want for fantasy football. So that's why stopping the run is really important and an offshoot there to make plays against the pass. So Jordan Davis is the pick here at number 17. Let's go to number 18. Now, the Eagles uh, reset their board a little bit. We talked about uh, them possibly looking at a quarterback. There's a new rumor there to upgrade from Jalen Hurts. We gave them Kenny Pickett with their first pick here. Made the move with the Saints to get a pick next year, so they're down to two picks. The Saints have now two picks from one pick. Eagles, I have them taking Nakobe Dean at number 18. An IDP alert here for Nakobe Dean. Again, back-to-back Georgia guys off the board. This defense front here, front seven, was outstanding. This is the backbone of what Kirby Smart got done with the national champions. So 
Looking at Nakobe Dean, very active playmaker, a little bit undersized, but Eagles did address this position a little bit with Hassan Reddick, but he's pretty much an edge rusher here. They also moved on from Alex Singleton, who went to the Broncos, so a bit of a void on the second level anywhere you want to play. Dean and Jannard Avery really struggled there for the Eagles, so really a guy that can fly all over the field, make plays, rack up tackles, which we know is important for the IDP totals. I don't know if he's going to be a Fosade Oluwakan in terms of those numbers. He set a record with those tackles last year, but he's going to get after it. He's going to be good in coverage and make some plays on the ball there, as well as be effective as a blitzer that people can't see. Coming at times because his size and quickness actually help him a little bit there, playing off his speed, range, smarts here. So, Nakobe Dean, a player to watch for sure for the Eagles in play for either that number 15 pick or this pick in number 18. At number 19, the Saints uh, have uh, two picks here. We gave them Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State, earlier to compliment the other Ohio State wide receiver, Michael Thomas. But we know they also lost Taron Armstead, their longtime left tackle there. They've uh, had another turnover at that key position. Uh, Ryan Ramzik continues to hold down the fort at right tackle. Some people say this next player... Trevor Penning of Northern Iowa is better suited for the right side, but I look at a six-seven athlete. He looks like that classic small school guy that the Saints like to find at that position, going back to uh, Jari Evans, uh, and Armstead was also a little bit of a find there. So you look at the Saints, they have a very good scouting department with Mickey Loomis. They're really good at finding offensive line talent. So that's why, not only with the salary cap issues, but just knowing that it was a lot, very expensive to keep Armstead. They could let him walk. He ends up with the Dolphins here. But Trevor Penning can really shore things up and uh, not only pass, protect, and help, but now their current quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, but be a big factor as well for Alvin Kamara and the running game with the size and strength. All right, at number 20, we have our first uh, quarterback off the board in the second half of my first round. It's Desmond Ritter. Now, the Steelers are in the market here for an offensive lineman, but they need a quarterback. They cannot go in saying Mitchell Trubisky is our option with Mason Rudolph being our backup here. Trubisky is a good bridge option and contingency if a rookie doesn't work out, but I look at Desmond Ritter, and Trubisky's skill set should say that Ritter should be in play here, except... With Ritter, you have a guy that played a lot more college football. Remember, Trubisky just had like a meteoric rise in a short period of time, starting for North Carolina, where you had Ritter established for a long time as the Bearcats started there. Good leader, good runner, effective uh, guy that can uh, get the ball downfield. So Desmond Ritter, I really like here. And I think he also has a mindset to sit with Mike Tomlin to be a good leadership asset, give you some extra dimension with the running. And uh, if you protect him, and they did work on their offensive line quite a bit here. They got Mason Cole for center. They brought back Chukuma Okorafor at right tackle. So there's some things the Steelers did do. Uh, uh, James Daniels there of uh, the Bears as well inside. So they don't need to force it that much here. I don't think the value is here unless uh, Trevor Penning would still be available for them, which I don't think is going to be the case. So Desmond Ritter, I think he's a guy that you would put on the radar immediately as QB1. Again, we talked about... Maybe there's a perception that these quarterbacks are not very good in this class, but they also have a really good upside in terms of landing in the right system with the right supporting cast. And if you can last to the 20s as a quarterback and land in the right system, we know that happened for a lot of guys in the past that you're going to get a lot of effectiveness here. So Desmond Ritter has a good, just a pure skill set. The weapons, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Freemuth, we've talked about it. In detail here, the Steelers can be in good position if they put a rookie quarterback and he can succeed right away. Also playing off the running game of last year's first-round rookie, Najee Harris. 
Finally, this segment will end looking at the Patriots. Uh, they have their eye on all the receivers in this draft. Chris Olave here and what the, they can do. And Garrett Wilson is also going to be in play for them. But I also like uh, Jameson Williams. Uh, remember, there's that Alabama comfort level. Now, the one thing we will note about this situation is that, uh, look, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are really tight here. Jameson Williams did not play with Mac Jones, so that's interesting because last year we had a lot of hookups, if you remember, Tua Tugavola with the Jalen Waddle. You had uh, Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith. This situation is a little different. Williams came there. He transferred, actually, to get away from Olave and Wilson to play a little bit more at Ohio State, went to Alabama, stand out as their number one, post uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle in that passing game. So really made a lot of plays here for them. And good system, similar systems that you've had Jones come out of. So they'll kind of meet in the middle here in the post-Josh McDaniels area era, I should say, and area, and you look at uh, Williams, uh, look, Nikhil Harry's been disappointing, they got Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, these are just role player type guys at this point, they need a bonafide number one, Williams can be that, can stretch the field, coming off an injury, but the Patriots can be patient to plug him in as their number one. All right, those are five teams in the second half of my mock draft from 17 to 21, we'll get through 22 through 27 in my next segment, and then Close with the 28 or 32, and the Packers and Chiefs are on the clock quite a bit here from the trades involving Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes... Lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair of sunglasses if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off Two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by more than 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Check it out for yourself. That's Shady Ray's and the promo code locked on for better shades this summer. All right, we'll continue the show here, breaking down uh, the back half of the first round of my seven-round mock draft here at SportingNews.com. Before we do that, i got to tell you, Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football again your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're up to pick 22. We just had a wide receiver go off the board in our last segment, Jameson Williams, to the Patriots there. So another receiver, Drake London of USC, has been rising up the boards. A little bit of Mike Evans in him, 6'5", big catch radius, can get outside, be a red zone threat, and also stretch the field a little bit. So that's the appeal. The Packers need a replacement number one. Alan Lazard is not going to get done. Neither is Randall Cobb here. Lazard actually could displace Cobb in the slot. You also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He signed with the Chiefs to help offset the loss of Tyreek Hill. So Drake London at number 22. I have gone to the Packers. And uh, wait, the Packers could be in the market for another uh, wide receiver as well. I mean, they got gutted here in a very key position for Aaron Rodgers. They're paying Aaron Rodgers a ton. they got to make sure that they focus on him and getting him the right weapons here because it's not going to get 
done. You're not going to have that same MVP level if Lazard and Cobb are your top targets here. Drake London would have a lot of appeal right away as a wide receiver, too. That's how high his floor would be playing with Rodgers, depending on what else the Packers do here. But I get it, he's a rookie, but he's playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that can get the ball to him. So London would be a great landing spot here with Green Bay. Again, Williams, the temporary expectation is a little bit of 21 with Mac Jones and the Patriots, but whoever lands with the Packers here as a first-round wide receiver is going to have a lot of immediate appeal and fantasy. At number 23, the Cardinals, uh, they have J.J. Watt. They're going for one letter off here and going to Devontae Wyatt, so our third Georgia defender off the board here. They need some help up front. The Cardinals are one of the very old teams in the NFL. They could also look at wide receiver here a bit, uh, knowing that uh, A.J. Green and Christian Kirk were lost in, lost in free agency. But I think uh, edge rush and looking up front is very important. They also lost Chandler Jones in free agency to the Raiders. So really the Cardinals have to just get someone in the front seven that can disrupt things and get to the quarterback, and they just need to get younger general. Devontae Wyatt can help them do that. At number 24, the Cowboys took a couple hits, one by choice in uh, cutting Lyle Collins from their offensive line. They also could not keep Connor Williams. He moved on to the Dolphins as a free agent. Collins now with the Bengals. So the Cowboys need to find some interior line help to help the Zach Martin and Tyler Biotich inside there. So Kenyon Green going uh, from Dallas to College Station, Texas at Texas A&M. Really good mauler. The best pure guard in this class. We talked about Tyler Lindebaum being a pure center in this class. It's very special with offensive tackles. We went through there, I think, Iki Kanwu, Evan Neal, both of those guys are versatile, but pretty much stand at tackle. Charles Cross and Trevor Penning are tackles pretty much too because of their size. But uh, Kenyon Green, dedicated guard. They need some better run blocking, young talent there to help Martin. Martin getting up there in age. But Kenyon Green makes a lot of sense out of Texas A&M for the Cowboys. They'll be in the market for some pass rush help, some secondary help as well. But the Cowboys should lock into Green here at number 24 to really help their run blocking. And Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard as well. At number 12, or 25, we have Bills on the clock. And Trent McDuffie is the player I've tied to them for quite a while. So we had Jordan Davis. We started out the draft talking about him at number 17 to the Chargers. That's been pretty consistent for me. I think the Bills could really use McDuffie. They lost Levi Wallace here as a free agent. That was expected. The Steelers didn't give him a lot to take him away, but... The Bills needed to move on, and they have a Tredavis White. They need someone that same style for Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier help on the back end. So Trent McDuffie can do that. Good cover guy on the outside and really a special player that uh, can fit their scheme really well to make plays and uh, continue to enhance their playmaking quotient defensively. At number 26 is the Titans with David Ojabo. He's a edge rusher from Michigan. He's dropped a little bit because of that uh, Achilles injuries that he suffered at his pro day working out at Ann Arbor here. So unfortunate for him, but I still think he has great value when you look at the pure pass rushing talent that he carries here. So Ajabo still will land in the first round for a team that can stash him. The Titans have had that history here with Harold Landry. They just re-upped him as an edge rusher, very uh, productive first-round pick. And he also had Jeffrey Simmons, who's really emerged. Uh, there were some questions with his off-field stuff and injury and all that, but they stayed patient, stashed him, and he ended up being a key figure on the top of their defensive line, really helping against the run. So Jabo, they can be patient with as he develops into a nice complement to Landry. And finally, last player in this segment, we'll talk about the Bucks at number 27. George Karloftis is what I have, another edge rusher here out of Purdue. Some freakish qualities also out of the Big Ten. Jabo has, a, again, high motor, relentless, getting after the quarterback, variety moves. He just has to kind of harness them and uh, make them more consistent here to be effective for Tampa. But 
definitely liking uh, Karloftis there as a kind of a contingency here. You have Shaquille Barrett, but uh, they got gutted there without uh, Jason Pierre-Paul getting a little bit older there. So the Bucks need to develop a young pass rusher for Todd Bowles, their new defensive-minded head coach, replacing Bruce Arians. So George Karloftis at number 27 makes sense. All right, we will get into a few more offensive uh, skill players there in our final segment as we break down 28-32, to 32, the Packers picking there. Because of that trade with the Raiders for Devontae Adams all the way through the Lions at 32, picking again with that trade for Matthew Stafford last year in the books. It is that time of year where it can be hard to stick to our New Year's resolutions, but uh, Bilt Bar is going to help you fight through them, and uh, I'm just fine because of Bilt Bar. You don't have to give up chocolate or anything on, that you think is unhealthy because Bilt Bar is going to bring you something that's absolutely delicious and healthy. Have you tried the puffs? You haven't? You're trying and going to be missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the best, first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your favorites. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. That's right, 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typically, candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Pack a lot of bad things for you. 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Just check out the macros on a typical Bilt Bar. 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You'll be blown away by these uh, numbers here. Mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond. You've seen the classic flavors. they got a lot of good flavors to choose from. They're always coming out with new flavors. Uh, just a couple months ago, they had white chocolate cookies and cream. That was delicious. So they're always going to come out with new flavors. you got to check it out at Built.com. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. All right, it is time to close the show here, looking at my final five picks of the first round of my seven-round mock draft. Again, don't forget, we will turn our attention to the second round. We'll do the same thing, break it up into two shows for you, the first half and second half. We're in the flow, trying to give you as much information as possible about what teams are thinking of the value of these players. At number 28, a good value for the Packers is Jahan Dotson, a field-stretching wide receiver out of Penn State, and that makes a lot of sense. When you add Drake London to kind of replace Devonta Adams, you add Dotson to upgrade over Marquez Valdez-Scanling, now you're in business all of a sudden if you're Aaron Rodgers. So all that concern we have about Adams kind of goes away with London and Dotson in the mix. So I really like Dotson as a vertical threat. That's what you're going to get. He has been tied to the Bucks before, but I think they're okay at wide receiver. He could also be in play for the Chiefs there one pick later. But I like Dotson a lot. I mean, I think he's pure in what he does. He's going to make the big plays, take the top off of the defense. The Packers need that here without uh, MVS. Because, again, Lazard and Cobb are more slot options. Get your number one type that is big and can play on the outside, Drake London. Get a guy with some versatility, but pretty much a home run hitter in Dotson. All right, let's go to our next pick. It is the Chiefs on the clock here twice, back-to-back here. So, Chiefs, we know, moved Tyreek Hill. They got the first rounder from the Dolphins. Uh, the 49ers had given up that pick. So now the Dolphins uh, do not pick here. And the Chiefs, looking at them, you have uh, 
an opportunity to get a wide receiver. I know they did invest in Marquez Valdez-Scanling, speaking of him leaving the Packers, Juju Smith-Schuster. They still have Michael Hardman, but I still think they need a kind of a number one receiver. And the guy that's that big type there, because Juju is kind of a big slot here. MVS is a deep threat. You don't really have that maybe profiling number one who can complement Travis Kelsey. So Traylon Burks of Arkansas. Now, some people are down on him because he didn't blow up the combine with the speed, but that's not exactly what the Chiefs need from him. I think they need some catch radius, some quickness, some after-the-catch ability using his strength and speed here that is good playing speed. He's not a burner. that He's not going to just take over games, flying past everyone and hitting home runs. But in terms of short to intermediate routes, some uh, hybrid play as a running back, you're going to get that from Traylon Burke. So number 29, Chiefs uh, could have a star as well that we could look at having an immediate impact, much like Drake London and Jahan Dotson with the Packers. The Chiefs up at number 30, I think it makes sense for them to go defense here if they're going to get offense and wide receiver. So Boe Mafe of Minnesota has really risen up boards. These three Big Ten freaks, David Ajabo, George Karloftis, he's the third in this group that have been really establishing themselves. You just have to kind of polish his game quite a bit, but Boe Mafe is, can get after the quarterback. Frank Clark they're able to keep, but they need some help. They couldn't keep Melvin Ingram. Uh, Chris Jones needs some help as well in the situational pass rush at first. Moffay can provide that before rounding in a starter, maybe displacing Clark. All right, number 31, the pick here that I am going with is the Bengals. And uh, you have uh, Trey McBride. And this is a little bit of a surprise. The Bengals could look at offensive linemen, the best available there. They could look at help at other positions. So Zion Johnson of Boston College would make some sense here. Maybe go defense and look at a corner if that would be in play for them. But really, to me, McBride is a luxury pick, but not really. You're the Super Bowl runners-up here, the AFC champions. You lose CJ Uzama there in free agency. You're down to Drew Sample and Hayden Hurst as your top tight ends. Hayden Hurst signed from the Falcons. So really, McBride can give you a little bit of everything, give you one more receiving element there to complement Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd for this team. So really like... McBride. Some people have different players at top. Kate Otten of Washington as the top tight end. I really like Jalen Weidermeyer there of Texas A&M. You also have Greg Dolchich, kind of a move tight end that you can look at out of UCLA. So there's some options at this position, but I do like when I look at the complete skill set can help me the blocking game as well as uh, getting down the seam, I have to go with Trey McBride. And a little bit of luxury pick, but again, that's what you get. You get to do that if you've had two great off-seasons in a row and try to keep your team at a high level with offensive scoring here in 2022. Finally, the last pick is uh, the Lions pick uh, of Devin Lloyd. He's a guy that could slip based on his position here. I, I think uh, you look at Lloyd, he's not that much different from Nicobe Dean. And early in the process, he was looking like a top-10 pick. But again, linebacker is a hard thing to invest in really early because you can plug and play so many guys. We've seen that all throughout the off-season. So, Devin Lloyd, however, with uh, Kyle Hamilton, who was our number two overall pick the Lions, they can make a lot of plays on the back end. I'm not saying we're going to look at Aaron Glenn's unit and say, hey, they have some fantasy football value, but it's definitely improving here as we speak as quickly as possible here with the team. Detroit uh, has a plan here with Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and Glenn trying to uh, rebuild both sides of the ball. I think they look pretty good at the offensive line skill positions, as we talked about, but they need more active playmakers on defense, and Devin Lloyd would fit the bill here on the second level for Detroit. All right, there you have it. There's a look at 
the end of my first round mock draft that's up there at sportingnews.com. You can read plenty more there on the website. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Don't forget, we will start looking at the first half of my second round. So we'll go there to uh, break it down for, for you from uh, pick number 33 overall to number 48. Then we'll close looking at 49 to 64. So we'll do that looking at uh, the rounds here in the draft that I have up, the mock draft. So we'll cover all three rounds over six shows. Don't you worry. We'll break it down and give you an idea of uh, more prospects and what their value is on top of just uh, what you're going to get from these teams when they're on the clock and what they're thinking about to upgrade their teams offensively and defensively. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback, Chris Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow as we start breaking down the second round of my mock draft from a fantasy football perspective.